Hello and welcome to another episode of the NK Active podcast. My name is Nick Knight, podiatrist and director at NK Active and really excited to have this guest on with us for this episode, uh, Michael Doherty, who ex-professional footballer, but now actually founded an eco-friendly footwear company. So I am going to let Michael actually introduce himself and tell us a bit of a background about where he's got to and how he's got to where he is now. Hey Nick, thanks for having me on. Um, so my story started as a, a young aspiring footballer, I guess. At the age of five or six, I, I, uh, I picked up my first ball and, and fell in love with the game. And um, from that path on, was pretty quickly sort of swept up into the system of academy football. I played for Chelsea as a youth player and then for QPR and then um, was fortunate enough to, to make it through to the professional game. I always say to people, think of Messi and Ronaldo and, and don't think of me. Um, and that usually sets, sets the scene um, uh, appropriately for where my career went. But I was, yeah, super lucky, I guess, to have 10 years in the game, um, over 250 career appearances and, and just so many amazing experiences. And from that, I developed this passion for nature I think spending majority of your teenage and uh, adolescent life outside gives you this appreciation and and sense of the outdoors and, and what that what that does for your mental health, what that does for your sense of well-being. And then I continued that and was lucky enough to continue that throughout my professional career, where most of my days were spent outdoors and. When my co-founder, um, um, who was my friend at the time, called me up and said, as a sports person, which brands do I subscribe to? I found it quite an interesting and also sort of troubling question because I hadn't really found a brand at that point in my career that spoke to me, both in my desire to sort of compete and perform, but also in my yeah, love and passion for nature and the environment. And I wasn't a surfer or a skier or a mountain climber. I was a, I was a footballer. Um, so really from that, that conversation onwards, we, 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 we felt that there was an opportunity and a need to create a sports brand that spoke to kind of the runners, footballers, cricketers, you know, people who I would turn in the mainstream sports sort of world but, but in a way that championed the environment and championed, yeah, that that sense of nature that, that we will love. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think how we first met was, so I was doing some work with Solomon. And one of the things we were, we spoke about at the sort of the think tank when we were over in the Alps was the sustainability aspects of the footwear industry. And, Actually, in a nutshell, without being too blunt, it's not that sustainable at all because we both know the majority of athletic footwear will end up in landfill at one point. And actually, people will be shocked the number of processes it actually takes to make a shoe and the amount of carbon it does to make a shoe. And then it was a, a fellow colleague, a chap called Paul Griffin, who 
sort of said, actually, I've heard on the grapevine about this new company starting up producing athletic footwear, but it's actually going to be sort of eco-friendly. It's never going to end up in landfill. You can recycle it. You can you can wash it. So then I just went on the website and, and brought a pair and sort of actually shouting, actually, no, I, I really like where this brand is going. I almost called it my my naked running shoe. It's the running shoe I'd put on that I wouldn't wear my Garmin or anything. I wouldn't care how fast I'm running, how far I'm going. I'm just out for a run. And that shoe really just fitted that that bill. And then you guys kindly got in contact and this sort of um sort of yeah I help sort of offer feedback on different shoes and, and and whatnot for you guys. And yeah, they have become the shoe that I wear on a daily basis. It they become the trainer of if I'm a mouse about on a kid and I'm going to the park, I'll put those on. If I just need to go for if I've got a lunchtime break and I just need to go for a run, I've got these on. I just literally just get up and just go. And yeah, and they are just getting better and better and and better. And I think I'm on my second pair now because I've just literally, I reckon my current pair, I must have done at least 200K in them, at least of mixture of walking and running. I mostly couldn't tell you the exact breakdown of the walk and the runs because I don't actually measure a lot of the runs I do in them because I just think they're such a, a versatile, a versatile shoe. So sort of talk me through a bit about the company sort of high low as, as it were with regards to how did you go about being able to then sort of think developing this this shoe that is I think it's on average to make the shoes at least 50% less carbon than the majority of other athletic footwear out there yeah i think um first of all thanks for that feedback that was pretty cool to hear um you were actually one of the first people that on instagram did a proper review of the shoe and 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 it was amazing to see that type of detail and thought go into that process um and yeah some of that feedback has been paramount to the iterations that you've now been wearing and been part of the journey so um, that's cool to hear. In terms of making the product, I, I have to say I was completely naive when we started the business about the, I think that's probably wise because I don't think you start in shoes unless you really... It's a complex know, business. Yeah. Correct, yeah. And I think if I had known, I probably wouldn't have started. But um, I didn't really have a, any idea about how we'd go about making a product. My... Third co-founder, who was part of that story, John, um, we brought in very early on, who is a real footwear expert and shoe dog. He has helped us build that supply chain and that product and has been a fundamental part of our story. Um, so shout out to John. Essentially, when we were thinking about trying to make this shoe, we were thinking, what are the requirements for for a running shoe? What are the you know performance sort of aspects of it and you know it's a linear direction sort of process um you need a certain amount of stability you need a certain amount of comfort and and we looked at a lot of traditional running shoes and and broke down how they were made and it it i'm not sort of doing ourselves a disservice it's not necessarily rocket science when you look at a lot of those kind of processes and production touch points and then you kind of have a fresh set of eyes and you think differently about the materials that you're working with you can quite quickly create a picture of 
a product that could be made better. The most difficult and the most critical part is navigating that performance needs sustainability sort of seesaw. Yeah. How do you, because every time you pull one lever and it might be a tiny lever because of its relevance and, and part and, and because of its importance to that shoemaking process, it inevitably pulls down another lever. So um, we we started out by looking at the materials that current shoes were made with. We then looked at kind of newer technology, different types of materials, how we would replace those historical materials with potentially better for planet, better environmental materials. Then we looked at our supply chain and we thought, okay, how much of that emission, how much of that um, kind of, I guess, environmental impact is driven at, at that stage of the product's life cycle and how do we better that? And for us, we, we found a supplier in a location which had a number of other suppliers that we could work with because where you make the shoe is very different to where you get the components from. Yeah. And be, being in a locality which enables that, process with much less carbon footprint is massive part of the the overall life cycle assessment um and then we looked at obviously transportation you know um a lot of sh shoes and products are sea uh, air freighted which is you know great for speed to market but pretty bad for the environment so that was something that we you know were like we don't want to do and then obviously the packaging in which it was delivered to the customer and how can we mitigate as much of that? And then finally, at the end of life, like what are those impacts and how do we try and close the loop on that, on that process? Um, so I, I think the main thing that I learned is that sustainability or impact, which is what we call it at Hilo, has to be a holistic approach. And you have to accept when you throw in the other variable of performance, you're inevitably trying to sort of remain on this sort of seesaw balance whereby you, you find equilibrium where yeah. the performance is good enough, the durability is good enough, and obviously the impact is lessened. I think those brands or, or generally anyone that speaks about sustainability is if it's a binary subject matter as if you take a pill in the morning and suddenly you're sustainable doesn't really <laughs> understand the space yeah. because actually the word itself is a bit of a fallacy like products have impact sustainability means it's infinitely regenerative and like we have to start to take the conversation to impact and quantifying objectifying and then improving it if we're actually going to create meaningful change rather than just perpetuating this feel-good sort of narrative of sustainability which in the context of what we have in front of us from a climate change point of view i think does more harm than good yeah no i completely agree and i think it's sort of you'll correct me if i'm wrong but it's sort of sort of high low isn't it's not a brand that's trying to be the next sort of Nike Alpha Fly type thing is it's not there to you're not trying to create this sort of absolute super super shoe for performing you're there to actually try and say actually let's try and make a shoe that people can go for running can do their sports and exercise because I use it as a gym shoe as well as a as a running shoe it's a, a very nice all-rounder and but you're trying to use is a shoe that is having a better impact on the world as, as, as a whole because 
I think, as you say, the majority of your sources, I think, come within is it a 50 kilometer radius of the factory they're made in. So it, it's it's everything is very close. There's very little travel. And people often forget about, well, you could make a shoe that is just, is eco-friendly. Let's call it. But actually, if you're having to fly in all your different components, well, that's not even the shoes eco-friendly, but the process isn't. And that's what I really liked about you guys. You, you thought about the shoe, but then you also thought about the process on, okay, how are we going to get the shoe? And actually on your website, you're very clear. And actually when we talk about the carbon impacts of the shoe, you include the carbon impacts of shipping the shoe to the customer as well. So it's the carbon impacts of the whole journey, not just the shoe itself. And I think you guys are now also, because I sent you a message a while ago sort of saying that, we, we have an issue that the majority of athletic footwear will end up in landfill at some point, and we must be able to recycle shoes and do something with it. And we both said, well, it's a great idea, but it's an absolutely logistical nightmare. <laughs> um, but I believe you guys have now actually somehow most probably solved the logistics behind it because now you're actually offering the ability for people to send their running shoes to you to be recycled. And then as a thanks, they then get a, a credit on their account to buy shoes from you guys. Yeah, so you're spot on. The the inherent, I think, problem in, 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 in most of fashion, really, is the linear nature of consumption. And what I mean by that is we buy... Well, we, we, we produce as a brand, obviously, and as a manufacturer, we... we we as customers buy and then we use and then at the end of their life especially with performance products there's there isn't much utility or value in them afterwards um so when we sort of thought about our impact we were quite troubled by the fact that yeah we've made a better shoe environmentally um based on the data we have but what happens when the customer has it and how are we supporting them and how are we taking accountability and responsibility for that process from beginning to end. Um, and we started to work on these take back programs and recycling programs actually without too much clarity on where they would end up because um, my view was we have to change. We have to engage with the customers, take them on the journey and change the way we all have a relationship with old products and then the solutions along the way will we can work on. Um, during the course of that process, we got shut down and uh, in terms of many different angles that we were looking at until we finally arrived at our, at our current solution, which is um, uh, with a recycling partner um, that we have in Europe who have sort of specialist machinery to grind up the, the shoe in its entirety and um, essentially create different waste streams based on based on the component tree um that technology is 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 pretty much available to most performance footwear um and when we found that out we were like well why do we take back our own why, why are we only taking back our shoes how can yeah. we find a way to to take back other brands shoes not because we're trying to be this self-righteous brand who's pointing the finger at anyone but ultimately if we can build that customer behavior and that and we can build that relationship with our products, we have a chance at really changing the way we all consume 
And I think part of this circularity problem is actually in that ease of use from the process point. It's like, it's so easy to receive a product. How easy is it to actually get rid of? Yes. You know, in, in, a, in a, and when I say get rid of, I mean in, in, a, in, a, in a responsible way for, for, our, for our planet. Um, so um, we're still sort of learning about the process and the customer demand for it, but we've had seen quite a lot of shoes come in. The way that it, it ultimately works from a business point of view, without me sort of taking it to that too, too much of a transactional level, is that in order for us to subsidize the cost of taking back all of these shoes and recycling them, the shipping, the storage, the actual processing, we need those customers to become high-low customers. Yeah. Um, so that is an unknown that we're still working on is, you know, how many of these people want to recycle with us because they, they, they find it a good solution and how many of us actually want to recycle with us and then become a high-low champion. Um, but it's really exciting. It's not a silver bullet. Like when we think about sustainability, I don't want us to think, oh, we can just buy whatever we want and just recycle it because there are kinks in the process. There are things that need developing, but it's definitely a much better solution to the current linear model. Yeah, it's definitely a much better solution than just chucking the shoes in the bin, um, for example, because I did spend a good amount of time trying to find someone to partner with as a clinic to say to all our patients, say, okay, let's let just bring your old shoes in. We can help we give them a second life or recycle them. And there was just absolutely nothing. So I'm very excited that you guys have started to do that. But I'm also starting to notice in the pattern that you're almost like, well, I jumped into the footwear manufacturer market and not really understanding what I was going into. And I'm, I'm sort of hearing a similar picture with the recycling aspect. So let, let, we'll get in there. We'll, we'll figure it out once we're in, but we just need to get on and, and, and build. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure you'll make it. I'm sure you'll make it work. So where's next for Hyla? Where, where do you see things going? The cheesiest answer, right, but the probably most true answer I can give you is just to try and be better with every, everything. Yeah, <laughs> I think a, a lot is made of big statements and big ambitions from startups. But for me, like from a sporting background, we need to make the product better always. We need to make the customer experience better always. We need to make our environmental impact better always. And that mentality and that culture of doing that will be incremental and will ultimately lead to Hilo being in a better place. Yeah. That, if, if I break that down into sort of, I guess, more tangible things, like we're moving into new product markets pretty soon, we'll have a, another pair, another, I guess, type of shoe available, as well as our current shoe to customers. Um, we recently become a B Corp, so we're focused on how we can implement that into our business more and more. Um, and there is some opportunities on the horizon for us to move into more physical spaces from a retail perspective. Um, and yeah, like there's a lot going on. Um, I try and ground it in the sense of trying to just be better because it can feel quite far off in the future. And, and ultimately, um, I think that can lead to more 
BS than, than action. Um, so yeah. for us, it's just trying to be better. Trying to be better. I love that. There's a, a triathlete um, with, and I can't, I think it's cerebral palsy, a, a chap called Chris based in the US and he was the first person with CP um, to complete an Ironman event, I believe. And his motto is just be 1% better every day. That's it. Yeah. And but what again is is you guys what I what I liked about I like that is is the transparency that you guys have about everything. You don't try and hide everything. You'll be very clear and all the information everyone needs about the manufacturer process and everything is 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 people can just go on the website and just see it. It is all there to be seen. So you're like, okay, we're trying to be better, but we're going to be transparent about our whole journey as well at the same time. So sometimes we'll get it right sometimes we'll get it wrong but we're going to be transparent about the whole about the whole process i just want to pick up on one other thing like you, you casually just brushed over it was the b corp thing you, you sort of brushed over it like that's a small thing but i actually had a look about what's entailed about becoming a b corp it's um it's not easy there's a lot yeah, of hurdles think, you have to jump through i think i think there's well over a thousand questions and the amount of policy documents and changes and things you need to implement is just crazy. Um, it's, it's really cool. It, I like a lot of these accreditations, not because it builds vanity for us, but because it helps you sense check yourself and yes. makes you feel part of something bigger. And I think there's, there's quite an easy trap you can fall into, which is thinking I'm the purveyor of truth and I am the, you know, the the source of sort of all reason within the world that I'm existing in. And actually, like, sustainability is so nuanced. It's so multifaceted. Business is so nuanced, so multifaceted that having these, like, anchors and having this kind of sense check of your strategy, of your focus is, like, super important. Um, so um, for me, I, I, I love that process. It wasn't easy, um, but we ended up actually achieving 104 points. And for those of for those people that aren't familiar with B Corp, it's out of 200. The 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 world's best B Corp, I think, is Patagonia with 160 points. But most, and in order to pass to become a B Corp, you need 80 points. And most companies on their first attempt around the low 80s, mid 80s mark at best. A lot of them fail because of the, the rigor that's yeah. involved. Um, and the B Corp define anything over 100, 100 points as outstanding. Um, so I'm pretty like proud of that one because the whole team smashed it and were part of that process. And it's a real sort of statement of our intent for the business that we'd like to be over the next 10, 20 years. But it's also that thing of that you're there, you said you set out a goal and you say you're making these claims to like try and make footwear better for the environment, but now you've got some almost some accreditation, almost a recognised accreditation process that actually backs up and says, no, we are doing what we say we are doing, and an external body has put us through thousands of hoops, as it were, to check that we are doing, and we're basically not a bunch of charlatans, um, which is nice. And you say over a hundred points on your first sort of attempt is is pretty pretty spectacular um 
and yeah it's it is a very very exciting so then starting to wrap things up as it were there's one other thing it's also sort of the giving back side of things uh, as well because talk us through about the sort of that giving back program and the aims around what you want to try and do with that yeah so for all for us it was kind of important that we didn't live in the future all the time um because a lot of our innovation a lot of the stuff we're working on is to try and move the needle i guess in the future and right now there's obviously quite a lot of issues and things that we'd like to support um so when we looked at charity partnerships we got connected to common goal who was founded by a footballer called Juan Mata, who is using sport and the platform of sport to inspire change and essentially give money to really amazing causes. And that seemed like a really good fit. Like I was a former footballer. Yeah. You know, there was a layover there in our ambition and attitude for what the company, what his charity does and what our company wants to do. And yeah, for us, it just felt like, the right thing to make sure that we were kind of as well as looking into the future we're covering um some important bases today in terms of giving back and making an impact on society in, in the small way that we could yeah no that is absolutely amazing so i think i have you've kindly given enough of your time and i've taken up enough of your time so i just want to say a massive thank you for coming on and and speaking about this this brand that's trying to change the way we think about footwear and the environment and everything on those lines so yes a thank you very much indeed thanks nick so we hope you enjoyed uh, that episode if you have any comments please do let us know and we can put all the details to the highlight website and social media platforms in in the comments later on and we shall see you on the next episode see you later bye